What is up? You're listening to the 3ND Podcast. I am your host, Justin Lewis. You can find me on Twitter at J underscore Timberfake underscore. You can find the podcast at 3ND Pod. Um, As always, we're a part of the Grizzly Bear Blues family of podcasts. You can find us on Twitter at SBN Grizzlies. You can find us online at grizzlybearblues.com. Make sure you check out our GBB Live, our Core 4, and our starting five podcasts. Uh, this week on the 3ND show, we're um, going to focus on fans. Uh, you know, fan is short for fanatic, and I looked at the definition before we did this, and it was like excessive zeal and a single-minded um, uh, focus on something. And it's said typically on religious or uh, a political thing. But for us, if you're listening, it's most likely because you are um, you have zeal towards the Memphis Grizzlies uh, or basketball. And we have two of the biggest uh, well-known Grizzlies fans uh, that there are. And we're going to just kind of hear their stories, how they became uh, a fan of the Grizzlies, and uh, just kind of let them chat it up. So we have uh, Fletch with us. Fletch, how are you doing? I'm doing good tonight. Thank you for having me, Justin. Yeah, I'm glad you came on. And we also have with us the Bongo Lady. How are you? Doing fine. Thank you for having us. I'm excited to have you guys. Uh, so let's just start uh, with you, uh, Miss Melinda. If you would just kind of tell us how you became a Grizzlies fan and kind of how you became known as the Bongo Lady. Well, so the way I became a Grizzlies fan, of course, I was never into sports. I was raised by a single mother, um, and she wasn't into sports. But then I had a son, and that kid was obsessed with sports. I mean, from the time he was probably like four years old. And he got me into um, Grizzlies basketball um, and other sports, too, that he played in. But he's the one that um, taught me all about basketball. And then, of course, um, again, I give him credit for the bongo lady thing because it, it was what made it so funny was that I was just embarrassing him to death. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that's just kind of how it took off. And, uh, you know, being, being crazy and playing an air instrument apparently can take you places. So you only were doing that just to embarrass your son? Well, I, I was doing it because I'm kind of like that. Like, so the Grizz game, like I live in Fernando, I practice law, I'm a part-time judge, and it was like my escape, and nobody knew who I was up there, and so that was just like where I let it all out, and and so when that happened, being a child of the 80s, you know, manga song, um, I had to do that, and then of course it just horrified and it just went from there so I would have probably done it even if he wasn't there but I think he's what made it so funny so how many times of of you doing that did you become known like how long did it take for you just to be known as the bongo lady geez I think it was that that one time like it it literally took off because they were talking about it like Gary Darby and um all the folks and Hayden's phone was blowing up when it was going on and they're like man I'm so sorry you know like um and so it um it it, it, at least I know by the second one I mean I was the bongo lady um and that's just it kind of stuck that way and 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 do y'all remember Darrell Arthur um Yeah. yeah so he loved the bongo lady like so I went to a that little um 
the toy drive and he just got so excited when I walked in, he started doing the air bongos. And so anyway, um, but I think it was first or second time. Um, help me out here, Fletch. Like it, it was, it was pro it was the first time Melinda, as soon as you threw down people, <laughs> because before that we had Rex and Rex would dance. And then he, he, he stopped going and everybody knew Rex because he was on the dance cam and he had this, crazy dance moves and they would always cut back to it. it was probably the first or second time and, and she would walk through the arena and you would see people like they were flagging her down going bongo lady bongo lady and it was yeah. it was in, it was in, it was one of those instant things and then it was like we got to figure out some way to get this into almost every home game they would set up you know a bongo cam and it was just it was great when the music come on people would just lose their minds it was awesome and so you know, my wife was not a, a Grizzlies fan at all uh, when we met. And now she loves um, going to the games and loves Ja and Jaren. And she actually, like, is obsessed with Mary Conley and following her on Instagram and all that. Um, <laughs> Everybody loves Mary. Everybody yeah. keeping up with Mary and the fashions and the babies. So we, I, I tell her, uh, I've got to do this podcast tonight. And I said, you know, I've got two of the big-time Grizz fans on there. And I was just like, uh, Fletch. And I was like, you know, you know who the bongo lady is? She said, yeah, I know who the bongo lady is. I was like, all right. And <laughs> you've, you've made an impression on my wife who's only been to probably uh, four or five games in the three years that we've been together. Oh, wow. Wow, yeah, like, well, it kind of just took off out there, and, and uh, I, I enjoyed it. I, it was an honor to represent Chris Nation, for sure. Well, we definitely love having you there to, to kind of help hype up the crowd. Fletch, what about you, man? What's your story? How did you become a Grizz fan, and how did it kind of transform into being uh, known as a super fan? It was uh, – we had – I worked for a company originally that, that bought season tickets. When we got the team, you know, we were part of the – we put our money down early, and, and we were part of the – you know, drives, we had the signs in our yard, bring the NBA to Memphis. But I, after the NFL uh, failure of trying to get an NFL team in Nashville, getting one, which was a complete smack in the face, I didn't have a lot of faith that we were going to get an NBA team. So when they did, it was like, heck yeah, I cannot wait to go watch my Celtics play because I grew up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true story. I grew up back in the day when Bird, uh, Bird and uh, Mikhail Parrish and those guys would play Magic and Showtime against the Lakers. And you had this is before Jordan, so you had to pick. And I hated the Lakers, which I still hate the Lakers to this day. That's how, how I actually got one of my Twitter accounts banned. But anyway, uh, <laughs> um, so I was fired up because I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go get to see, like, you know, Antoine Walker play. And, you know, okay, Kobe and Shaq were playing for the Lakers. They, like, they were great. And Allen Iverson was, was playing those years. And, and Jordan was playing for the Wizards. So, I mean, I was like, wow, I'll actually get to go see Jordan play an NBA game. So originally people went to the games to uh, see the opposing teams, which was a little, you know, weird because, uh, you know, heck, we got a team. You're like, why aren't you cheering for our guys? They're in here like everybody's cheering for, you know, Kevin Garnett and the, the Timberwolves and, and Allen Iverson and LeBron was, you know, a rookie with Cleveland. And it was just – it was weird. It was really weird to watch them cheer. And, uh, of course, that first year the team was horrible. Uh, and it was almost like – they became the lovable losers. So you went and it was like a badge of honor. If we got within 20, you know, we were all happy. Like, Hey man, we made a run. All right. And you know, we had Powell and Shane and those guys, and it just became, uh, we had the company had season tickets for the first uh, three years. And I took them over after that. We moved in the, from the pyramid over to the, uh, 
to the forum because what happened <laughs> this is a true story so we had them supposed to be taking customers right so <laughs> no, no customers wanted to go the first year unless it was like a weekend game against you know the lakers were coming then they want to go so uh during the week nobody i would just go i couldn't tell one of my friends that lived here and be like hey man you want to go to the game we have great seats he's like yeah let's go so i think about 80 percent of the time it was just me and him using the company tickets so we we, we couldn't give them away it was kind of funny and now uh, you know, after that, moving over into the pyramid, it just uh, parlayed into that. And then I, I, really Twitter was the launching pad of, uh, of social media, I guess, getting in and um, uh, posting things. And, and, of course, Linda and I became friends because, because she was, it was probably after her second bongo cam. They're, they're eating over at, uh, was it Blue City Cafe? Is that the name of it? Yeah. yeah. On the corner over there? What's no, that it was um, Rum Boogie. Rum Boogie, yeah. Couldn't remember the name, but they were eating Rum Boogie. And I looked over and I go, Bongo Lady. And she was like, hey. And she was the nicest person. So we became friends after that. And uh, it, it was just hilarious because I'm like, yeah, I know the Bongo Lady. So <laughs> then we go to events, we go to different things and, and always hang out. And it's just, it, it's kind of grown from there. Yeah. So I, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you know, part of where, what I remember because um, Fletch had an account for his dog at the time was Molly. And, and it was like, and then me tweet was on there and we all just kind of like started talking a lot, but Fletch was so hilarious. He would just post the funniest stuff and, and like, boom, he just took off because he always kept us entertained. He started the Tony Allen walking through things. Um, he, you know, he was just, he's just funny um, on, on Twitter and like, he just, it just grew and grew and grew. Yeah. So for, for me, um, I grew up playing baseball. Um, my dad was a football fan. So basketball, the only recollection I have of basketball is I'd sneak down uh, when I was supposed to be asleep as an elementary school kid and I'd turn on the TV and it was, it seemed like every time I turned the TV on, it was Michael Jordan and the Bulls versus Carl uh, Malone and John Stockton and the Jazz. Like that was the only game that was ever on TV. Um, and so it wasn't until I was in high school that I really started paying attention to basketball because my best friend played. And so I started playing with him. And then, uh, of course, the Grizzlies were here in the forum by that point. But the Grizzlies were so bad at that point that I don't know if y'all remember this, but Fox Sports South would have trivia questions. And if you got them right, they would call you and offer you two free tickets. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was some, it was some, it was lean there for a minute. Yeah. And so like we would, um, I mean, it was so bad one time they called me on my birthday with, Hey, you answered the trivia question, right? You, you got two free tickets to tonight, you know, tomorrow's game, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Oh, great. And then like an hour later they called back, Hey, you got the trivia question, right? You got to, I'm like, y'all have already called me. They're like, what do you want? Two more tickets? I was like, yeah, it's my birthday. Why not? Um, <laughs> So, you know, it, it's been uh, definitely quite the ride um, as a Grizzlies fan because, you know, they've been – they've had some really lean years before uh, the grit and grind era. Uh, you know, I kind of came around the Mike Miller, Jason William uh, days. Yep. And um, yep. I, remember, I remember meeting uh, Hashim Thabit after he yeah. was drafted. Uh, I was at um, Cookie Canucks, and he was walking out of um, Texas Day Brazil – and I left my table, ran outside. They thought I was ditching the place and wanted to go introduce myself to them. And 
that was the only Grizz player that I had met for years until I met Mike Conley last year. And just talk about disappointing uh, of, of the only Grizz player I've ever got to meet. Um, ah. But, yeah, so speak, let's just talk about some of your, your cool stories. Uh, Melinda, like, what is your, uh, as a fan, like, what's, what's the coolest thing you've gotten to experience since you've become the bongo lady and kind of have that recognition? Well, I mean, you know, it has to be being on Good Morning America, um, but, but because of Scott Casciola's article. Um, so I would say that's the, that's the coolest, the coolest thing um, was that New York Times article because, and uh, well, I don't know, then the NBA fan of the year, um, I won that on the starters show on the NBA channel. Um, so both of those things were a lot of fun. And then just meeting the players, you know, um, as, as far as like, um, I mean, I always will love Mike Conley, Mark Gasol, Tony Allen, and Zebo. I mean, that's, you know, um, so I guess that I would, I would say there's just so many things. It's hard to pick one. Yeah, that's some, that's some heavy credentials right there. Uh, yeah. Fletch, what about you? I'm, I'm going to parlay on Melinda's fame for bailing us out one night in New Orleans. We're uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's snowing, we, you know, we, we set this up and we took our kids down to, to watch the Pelicans uh, game, you know, that's when Benno and the guys were on the roster, we're all fired up, it's snowing, it's a, it's a crazy trip, our, our buddy Chip's following us down, Melinda's doing 100 miles an hour, you know, I guess that's, I guess that being a judge in Mississippi, you can speed, but I was like, <laughs> uh, and it was, the road trip down was, was funny, uh, we get there and of course, the game, we're all fired up. There's a ton of Grizz fans. You know, we were sitting behind the bench. It was just awesome. Of course, we freaking lost the game, which kind of sucked. But we, we had after passes, so we hung out afterwards and, and talked to the players and stuff and left out. And, of course, that was the first time, I think – Linda, that was the first time for me being at the arena, probably first time for you, too. Yes, yes. We, yes. Uh, we walk outside after the freaking game, and there is no one. When I say empty, you know, I'm used to the Bill Street, you know, coming out of the forum or coming out of arena like – uh, the, the Dallas arena, you know, you come out, you're on that plaza or something like that, or Atlanta, you come out, you're downtown. No, New Orleans, you're when they, when the game's over after about an hour, there is no one near there. <laughs> so we're standing there. Yeah. We didn't know. We were like, well, where, where are we going to get a cab or what are we going to, and <laughs> up from like the players area, here comes a, here comes like a Range Rover and they stop and the window rolls down. I hear bongo lady. And it's Quincy Pondexter and his dad, Roscoe. <laughs> He's like, what the hell are y'all doing? Y'all, what are y'all out here for? We're like, we don't know where to go. <laughs> so he, he's giving us direct. He's like, y'all need a ride? I was like, oh, my God, I'm so glad I know the bongo in here. <laughs> we, we get stranded in New Orleans. It was hilarious. And and Quincy, Quincy we got a picture. He's, Quincy's got that jacket on. He looks like he's a, a ship's captain because it has these gold rings. Like <laughs> it looked like a boat captain. I was just laughing so hard. That's when he that was, was so playing hard. for New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah, that was hilarious. Oh, so, so he hey, so yeah. he was playing for he was on the New Orleans yeah, roster. He, got, he picked that, all up. That was when he got traded. So, oh wow! Like it was he got traded New Orleans, but he, he remembered Belinda. He was like Bongo Lady, what's up? Was, of course, we saw Roscoe. I'm like Roscoe, what are you doing, man? <laughs> then we were asking about buckets the dog. It was just hilarious because we didn't know where to go because there was no I mean the streets weren't even lit down there. It was pretty sketchy. So I was so glad we saw him. He's like, What are y'all doing out here? I'm like, well, we we thought there'd be a cab or something out here, but I guess we're gonna get a ride. <laughs> so 
how how difficult has it been for you guys um, since the shutdown, like uh, having to watch those eight games in the bubble and, and not be there in person? Um, I'm sure y'all probably got the, the Michelob Ultra sideline experience one game. Or, um, yes. I, I, yeah, got to, I got to do, do it. Yeah, I got to do it as well. I think I was actually in the same section as you were, Melinda, one game. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they did a New York Times article on that. Did you see it? I did not. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, you'll have to go. Um, it's I, I tweeted it, but yeah, so, but anyway, yeah. So just talking about that, like how, like what is, what's it been like not being able to be at the games that you would normally be at, and especially in a stretch run in Jaws rookie year, like what was what was that like being in that different kind of setting? Okay, so I'm gonna just preface this, and Jason um, knows this as well, but I literally rented an apartment in downtown Memphis in February. So I could walk to the Grizz games. Like I, now my kids From her are back porch, you can see the form. <laughs> like, I right. mean, wow. awesome. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so I'm like, I'm pumped because I'm like, cause I was driving back, you know, back and forth from Hernando by myself. I shared seats with um, Growtel Carol. Um, and so I was crushed um, by that. Like, and I don't know, like, that is such grizzlies are such a huge part of my life and to to suddenly not have them um was was just terrible i mean it was so it, it was it, it was sad and of course i have a two-year lease and then they say you know the wrong is going to stick around for two years so but i hope they're wrong but watching it in the bubble i i guess i'm going to compliment the nba and adam silver because certainly i think if he had led our nation's response towards um coronavirus i mean look, gosh look how successful they've been mm -hmm. but it was it's very hard not being there and not cheering um not cheering on your team and missing the rest of josh rookie year but i'm going to say i'm grateful for getting to see him up until the point that that the bubble started um because he he was always awesome to watch well all our, our our young guys brandon clark and and dylan brooks um so it, it's been really hard like i miss seeing i miss seeing jason and and dominique and Colin. I mean, we just all would meet before the game and so it's 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 been hard uh, Justin, they have a drink name for me down at the bottom bar. So I think those people's college funds are probably dry from the tipping. Like <laughs> uh, uh, I still, uh, our bartenders at, from the Grizzlies game, my friends on Instagram, they're like, "I miss you," and I'm like, "I'm sure you do," because <laughs> I think I funded your kid's birthday party one year in tips. Because Lord knows, uh, I'm so glad that they they were able to at least get back up and finish the season. Uh, the way that they did, uh, and and I know a lot of people had issues with the play. I thought it was very fair. It gave us a good chance. I mean, uh, they'd won some more games, but uh, I didn't really expect us to make the playoffs. And and to get there in that play-in game, it gave me really that play-in game was like a game seven of a first-round series or something, you know. So it gave all the excitement. But like Melinda said, there's a difference um, when we tweet out like hashtag Grizz Family our Grizz fam, it's, it's not just, it's not just words. Like there's people that they go to that Grizzlies game. I'd catch a bullet for, I mean, they really are family. Uh, they, they become family. I've made some great friends uh, there at the, the games and um, 
you know, we, we talk about, well, we have a group uh, text too that well, during the thing, it'd be like, you know, <laughs> Dylan, stop shooting. Then Dylan make three in a row. Dylan, <laughs> keep shooting, you know, <laughs> which we have in the forum too. We'll be, we'll be sitting next to each other, group texting. But uh, I was real fortunate because I sat in 103, which is like the family section. So this year, of course, Jaws parents were like a row in front of me. So it was like, you know, got to meet T. And T is the, his dad is the most humble, coolest dude on the planet. Uh, his uncle Phil and I were pretty tight. We'd go down and grab a beverage. And uh, so when they won rookie of the year, I, I shot them a text and they, you know, they're just, they kept thanking me for like being such a good fan. I'm like, uh, thank you for having your son and yeah. to our city yeah. <laughs> and you you can be mayor tomorrow what do you need you will never <laughs> buy anything in this town again they're, they're trying to buy me i'm like no, no no what are you what are you drinking moscow mules there you go that's his drink so there's no way a man's paying for alcohol at the fedex forum he's going to get that free for the rest of his life so yeah and i think what you know i've never been a season ticket holder because i haven't got to the point where i can afford that yet but I, I coached uh, basketball at Hutchison for uh, three years, and I got to know some of those families there, and a lot of them are season ticket holders. And they were very gracious and allowed me to sit um, at their in their seats when they couldn't go to the games, and they were obviously really good seats. I think we were in 107 or something like that. Um, and I could tell, like, the people that, are, are, that buy the season tickets, they're there every night. Like, they do have a bond with each other. Like, that section right there, like – when they walk in, like they, they're talking, they're, they're glad to see each other. Like it matters to be able to go to these games and see these people. And um, I think that's something that's overlooked when um, something like this happens and we can't have it. And it's, I think it's really overlooked when, especially when the national media wants to immediately write us off as a team that's going to Seattle when Seattle gets a new team. Um, it's Memphis is important to this community. Um, and obviously their success is too. And, uh, we've had a couple of down years and we're, we're obviously looking up. So let's just transition to, to that real quick. Like going into next year, you've, you know, we're hoping Jaron's healthy. We don't know when it's going to start back up uh, January, February. Uh, we're not sure yet. Jaron's meniscus should be healed by then. You know, Jaws coming off uh, this experience that he had in the bubble leading the team and that phenomenal performance he had. Uh, to try to keep us in there. Everybody's getting a year older. The, the chemistry is going to have, you know, a better chance to build. Like, where is y'all's excitement level compared to uh, years past? Chase, I'll let you go first on this one. Well, um, I have – I I've never – I always tell everybody, I'll kid, I'll be like, you know, we're going 82-0 and 0 this year. I just really – I want to see the coach grow. Uh, he, I mean, I think that was a – when they hired him, of course, I'm like, uh, okay, never, never, never heard of him. When he talked, I was like, oh my God, does this guy like stop? Like, cause he had six Red Bulls because he's like, blah, 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 shot out of a can, but he's passionate. And uh, last year, I was fortunate enough to get to know Brad Jones and, uh, of course, Jason March that uh, coaches the hustle. He and I, he used to do our golf tournaments back when he was a video editor for the Grizzlies. So, I've known him a long time, and all of them told me flat out, you know, hey, you'll you'll be impressed by Coach. He knows his he knows his stuff, and he does. Um, and I'm really looking forward to him growing uh, in the role too. And the team responds to him, which is which is really awesome. Uh, after the Fisdale debacle, mm -hmm. <laughs> just you know, they brought in somebody with a lot of hype and a lot of uh, prominence, and it it did just did not work out. And then of course uh, Jenkins is just 
a, a, a solid coach. So I'm looking forward to seeing that growth. I'm looking forward to seeing some of the moves, you know, is, is, uh, is Melton going to be on the roster? He didn't really have a great bubble. Uh, but I, can you really hold that he, before uh, Tyus got hurt? You know, I just want to see everybody together because that just, it just stunk that Tyus was out. And I really wanted to see justice and what he could bring and, and that. And it was kind of like, okay, well, let's just jump in here and start to start going. So, I'm really I'm, – I'm pumped, but I, I just hope we can do it and socially distance and make everything uh, safe for everybody, the players and their family, and actually get to go to the games in person and watch them play. Um, yeah, and I'll, I'll just say I'm, I'm really excited. I see this is a very – I see a very bright future for this team. Um, I, I was and, – and like Jason, I get always get – I get emotionally attached to the players. I don't like the trades. Like, I still wish that we had kept Jay Crowder. Um, but I have to give credit to this front office. They've, they've done brilliant moves. Um, I just miss Jay. I feel like we need one, like, veteran kind of leadership. Uh, there for our team but it's such a bright future like all of these guys I'm excited like Jason said about justice um, and I, I really see this team going somewhere I mean John Morant is going to be he, I think he's going to be the next big star in my opinion of course I'm a little partial but I'm, I'm excited um, and, and I'm excited for Memphis and I'm just excited with this this front office is just, again, I think they've just, they have just exceeded my expectations. Jason Wexler and then Common, and they're amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been pleasant, a pleasant surprise uh, moving on from a, a front office that I think everybody had some complaints about. And it's kind of hard to find a complaint about this, this front office group that we have. And that, of course, adds to the hope that we have with, with Jenkins and then this roster that we have going forward. Fletch, you got something to add? I just with, – with John, Jaron being here, I think we're going to have something that we haven't seen is uh, players are going to – you know, when, they, when it comes time to signing a veteran uh, role player type player, they're going to sign here. Mm -hmm. uh, but we've never been able to, to snag, you know, we, we wanted – we, want, we wanted uh, Ray Allen or what, you know, uh, and, and the only reason Mike Miller signed here is because he still had a house here. You know, and his kids <laughs> loved it. It's like, it wasn't hard. Okay, see, you're here. And he's like, I'm going to, I'm not going to live in that dust bowl. So let like, me just move to Memphis. So uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see how many, uh, you know, when it comes to like a veteran role player that's willing to take, you know, reasonable money, can we get somebody without overpaying them like we did? I, I think they will because, shoot, I'd want to play with Ja and Jaron and, and that core. It seems like a, a a good fit and it's uh i think we're gonna see some some veterans sign here that get another anthony tolliver type guy i mean he was so solid during the bubble he didn't was. get enough credit for that signing yeah yeah I agree and and here's what i would add to that you know it, it is a definitely a popular opinion right now that before long we're going to be a free agent destination because people do want to play with with john jaron but like it's because of people like the two of you and y'all's grizz fan like y'all make it a free agent destination too. Like being able to come and play in front of a home crowd that loves the team and supports the team the way that you guys do. And um, obviously us at Grizzly Bear Blues, the way that we uh, cover this team inside and out, um, you know, I think before long, this is going to be a, a place that the NBA can really no longer overlook um, and, and kind of just pass aside. Uh, I think the rivalry with the Pelicans going forward is going to put us front and center as well. 
Um, but it's, it's definitely some exciting times. Um, I, everybody was excited during the grit and grind era uh, with the core four. Um, but I think this is, we, we had the perfect two young guys to lead us into that, that next um, era of Grizzlies basketball. And uh, it's definitely going to be exciting. Well, anything you two want to add before we, we wrap it up? The only thing I wanted to add to what you were saying very quickly is like, job. there could not have been a better, more perfect fit than John ja Morant for these Grizzlies. He is so Memphis minded. He's got that whole, just like, you know, he got 99 votes for rookie of the year. And he's like, who's the one, who's the one guy that didn't vote for me? Cause you are going to inspire me. Like that's so Memphis. Like that's just what we are. And I, I could not be prouder. And, and, and again, we, we, we hadn't talked enough. I don't think about Brandon Clark and I mean, he's, you know, incredible. And it's, it's just so exciting. So it's, it is going to be, it's, it's going to be a good place. And, and I don't know, it's like, we're right a guy, right? Right flesh. Like, I mean, it's always, always, <laughs> there's a reason Memphis versus everybody is very accurate because um, we're finally getting national national attention again. And you're like, don't jump on this bandwagon. If you're from, uh, you know, Fresno, it's too late for that, you know? Yeah. And we are not getting Blake Griffin. That's the only other thing I'm going to ask that. <laughs> like Look, she wouldn't even, Hey, she wouldn't even draft him on her fantasy team. You know, so that's, I, I, I'm going to tell you something. She's like, Nope, I don't care. I'd rather lose. And, 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 and Jason wasn't allowed to even high five Matt Barnes either. Like I wouldn't allow him could, to do that. Like could, that Clipper team. Five on him. Yeah, that Clipper team, we hated the Clippers. Um, but as I'm just begging the front office, please do not bring Blake Griffin here. I'm just, I beg Yeah, I don't, I hope they don't either. Um, well, here, here's the message that I have for you listeners. You've heard from two fans who, who have really expressed how much it means uh, to them to be able to be there and, and see their team and just like the, the social uh, aspect of it being around people that they, that they care about. And um, so here's what I'm going to leave with. Wear your mask. Um, do your part. Um, this is, this needs to go away, um, for, for not just for sports to come back, but for us to be able to return to life for the economy to be able to return for the city of Memphis to be able to continue its growth, that it was the trajectory that it was on. Um, and if you, if you love Grizzlies basketball, um, which you probably do, if you're listening to this podcast and you want to go and, and be at the games next year, next season, wear your mask, do your part, um, distance yourself uh, stay at home if you can and um this thing will be over if, if everybody can do that um but absolutely uh well uh, i appreciate you two uh coming on and doing this um this is a different kind of episode that i that i have but i but i'm very grateful that i got you two on to do this and and hopefully i can have you guys on again yeah thank you justin it was a pleasure being here Thank you very much, Justin. It was a lot of fun. No problem. Well, uh, for Fletch and the Bongo Lady, uh, this has been another episode of the 3 and D podcast. Make sure you check out uh, the rest of the podcast in the Grizzly Bear Blues Network. Uh, and until next time, we hope you have a great week.